You're listening to Hope on the Homefront, the official podcast for Homefront Heroes Ministries. I'm your host, Taylor Blackburn. We're a group of military wives on a mission to help you find joy in your journey. We're jumping in the trenches to encourage you when you're struggling, help you grow in your faith, and support you through military life. Because here, you are seen. Here, you're essential. Here, you are never alone. Welcome home. Let's go. Well, hello, friends. Welcome back to part three of our summer series where we are digging into the weeds of our heart, if you will, asking God to reveal our heart condition and his as we focus and just reflect on his goodness, dig into the character of God, um, his sovereignty, reminding ourselves that he is good and that he is in control and we can trust him. And out of his goodness and love for us, he shares truth with us that delivers us um, from evil, gives us freedom, grows our faith, and produces for us a fruit of righteousness that is the abundant life that Jesus has in a relationship through him. So if you've listened now to our first couple episodes, we've talked about the character of God, that he is the ruler of the unshakable kingdom. It is Jesus Christ who we build that relationship with in order to have a vision um, that is fixed on the kingdom of heaven. And as we build upon God's truth, we um, he allows those weeds, if you will, that we talked about in our last episode. Um, to reveal themselves so that we're, we're not hindered in our faith, that we can grow and we can, um, have those, have God remove those things from our heart. So we talked in our last episode of how the Lord uses trial to reveal some of those weeds that he brings forward our heart condition when he allows us to be pressed. And that's because he loves us and because he's good, not because he wants us to suffer. So I did mention in that episode that one of the things that those, that trial could be revealing, one of the things that God could be bringing to the surface in the form of those weeds, um, just for the sake of our theme here is our sin. So what we're going to talk about today is how sin hinders our growth, sticking with that plant theme. How does it hinder our growth and our relationship with God? And how does it hinder, um, just our, our lives in general? So I will say that this is a little bit of a challenging topic today, and I probably will be touching on some words and some concepts that are a little bit more mature. And if you're not quite ready to be defining some, defining some vocabulary to little ears who may be around. This is probably not the episode to play in front of them. If you've got little tiny ones, I don't think it'll, uh, it'll probably go over their, their little ears, but if you've got, you know, slightly older little ones, five, six, seven and above, and you're not quite ready to touch on some of those mature, um, concepts, maybe listen by yourself this time. Generally, we are always a podcast that's able to be played anywhere, anytime. And again, this is not inappropriate conversation, just in-depth conversation. And sometimes we need to talk about those challenging, hard things together, and we need to wrap it in truth and root it in truth so that we can grow and learn together. And that's one of the things that we promise to do for you guys here is address the hard conversations 
have the hard conversations, but we always promise to do it um, with all the love in our heart. And because we love you and because we want to uh, root you in God's word, we are willing to have hard conversations. So join me today and let's jump in to how the Lord reveals our sin and how that is hindering our, our growth. Um, so when we think of this garden theme, we can think of sin as the poison to our soil. Just imagine a pot of beautiful flowers, um, just completely wilted over because what they have found themselves in is a soil that's not providing nutrients, um, or an environment that's going to allow them to thrive. So we can think of our heart condition when it's filled with sin. Um, and we're going to get into, I don't mean perfection. We just mean filled with uh, constant sin that is literally causing us to wilt over like a flower without enough water or planted in a soil without nutrition. So the Bible says that we are either ruled by the desires of our flesh or ruled by the spirit and simply put sin, it are sin is the desires of our flesh and our refusal to listen to God and allowing things in our lives that separate from him. And this is natural. Every single human on the planet, we are born with the desire to be ruled by the flesh and to give in to the desires of our flesh. Our flesh naturally goes against God. And it's literally why we have to teach our kids um, not to bite people when they're upset or not to, you know, scream words of anger. We have to willingly work at teaching our kids what is good because it is not our nature to just do what is good. Um, doesn't matter. I'm stationed over here in Germany and doesn't matter the culture, the nation, wherever you are, every parent, everywhere, every person on the planet is born with this. And it's just further evidence of our creation, further evidence of God, um, God's blueprint for our design, that it is very much our nature to go against what is good, to desire things that are deceiving. So one of the quotes that I keep in my back pocket in a journal, if you will, um, because it has really stuck with me and it is from the founder of focus on the family. I received it in an email newsletter that I get from them. And this particular email was talking about sin. And this quote says the following, the scriptures refer to the devil as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour found in first Peter five, he'll lay a trap for you, probably at a time of vulnerability, beautiful, enticing, forbidden fruit will be offered to you when your hunger is greatest. If you are foolish enough to reach for it, your fingers will sink into the rotten mush on the backside. That's the way sin operates in our lives. It promises everything. It delivers nothing but disgust and heartache. Think about that for a second, rotten fruit that delivers nothing but disgust and heartache. We're coming back to God's goodness that he alerts us to this thing, these things. He commands us out of sin so that we don't reap a harvest of disgust and heartache. That's his love for us. We talked about the fruit of the spirit, kindness, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. That is fruit of the Holy Spirit 
dwelling within us that overflows out of a relationship with Christ. So sin basically is producing, um, the absence of those things, the rotten fruit, none of God's goodness flows out of our sin. So let's talk about for a minute, some of the things that could be deceiving us like that in our, in our walk with God now. And so thinking about fruit that may look good, but turns out to be rotten. And maybe not only that it necessarily looks good, but maybe we just think of it as harmless, that we don't think about it actually poisoning our soil or producing a weed in our heart. We just kind of blindly allow it to be present and don't realize it is the actual cause of the turmoil we find ourselves in. And one of the big things that I think we often look over is the power of our words. And we can think about what comes out of us when we have an argument or a disagreement with our husbands, um, when we're angry and frustrated and impatient and what kind of words are overflowing into our homes, into our kids. If you've got little ones around, um, is it harsh criticism and, and words that brew resentment in our husbands and literally break the spirits of our children. Remember guys, it's not about perfection. It doesn't mean you can't have a bad day. It doesn't mean you can't speak with a firm tone. It doesn't mean that you, you don't have to go back and apologize. We are going to stumble. We are human, but is it a constant spewing? Is it something that we constantly find ourselves wrapped up again, harsh words, um, painful words that coming out of our mouth and going into the people that we love And it's producing a a culture in our home that is anything but peaceful. And it doesn't mean that a good home, a godly home doesn't have to apologize. That's 100% opposite. We're going to have hard days, even in a good home, but we're, we won't be reaping a harvest of turmoil constantly. We have a really powerful opportunity as women in our homes, whether you have children or not, to set a tone and be a, a, a sort, a life source to our family that we can use our words to build up our husband. Even in hard conversations, we can use our words. Even if we have to be firm, it doesn't mean we don't have hard truths that we have to address or face head on, but we can do it in a way that grows, um, a fruit of righteousness in our families. The Bible says that out of our heart, the mouth speaks. If you're not sure what your heart condition is, you can take a look at the words that are so frequently coming out of your mouth. Words literally give life to the body, both ours and the people who hear them, the Bible says, and they can actually deteriorate our heart and the heart of those who receive them. The Bible says that the tongue is an utter And those who gain control over it, gain control over the whole body. That is something I didn't know that the tongue literally controlling our words or even better submitting those words over to God and asking him to fill our mouths with the things that bring glory and honor to him. We then gain self-control over all things in our body. Another thing that maybe looks harmant harmless or fun or good in the beginning is our desire, um, maybe to numb our pain, whether that's with too much alcohol or 
a good Friday night, hard party jam session. (laughs) And again, I'm not, this is not me trying to turn my nose up or be prude in, um, in these circumstances. I simply just want us to shift our perspective that maybe it, it doesn't have to be partying hard that we have to jump into. Maybe it's the fact that the Lord wants you to teach you how to celebrate. There's a difference that we can celebrate life um, and the things, the good things of God. One thing I see so often, and again, my words are never, ever to shame you friends, because I've been in these same circumstances. I believe these lives I've allowed hard words to come out of my mouth and not realize the importance of surrender, uh, giving those over to God. Um, I've allowed, you know, I've allowed myself to not celebrate God's good things, but to spend my weekends in circumstances that didn't produce a good fruit. Um, in my life. And another thing that I see so often in our Facebook pages and our wives groups is when we spend so much time separated with our husband, our willingness to allow pornography into our marriages. And again, this is not never, ever to shame you, but I think our culture has convinced us that, you know, as long as he's not cheating on me, it's okay. I'd rather him look at this than to actually spend time with another woman. Or another thing that I see is you know, what's the harm? Sometimes I need creative ideas. Sometimes we need to bring um, a little fire back into our relationship. And I'm simply bringing this up to let you know that that produces a rotten fruit in your marriage. Sex is good. It's a gift from God designed for our marriages. And you were made for so much more than the lie that at least he's not cheating on me. You are allowed to set those firm boundaries in your marriage and say, no, we're, we are made for more than this. This is not going to produce goodness, a good fruit to harvest in our relationship with each other. And don't sell yourself short thinking that you are not creative enough to communicate with the man that you love, um, to bring a passion into your intimate relationship with each other. That is 100% okay. And it's 100% God's design. So we can reap the good fruit of that intimate relationship without having to bring things inside of our marriages that are not honoring to God. And trust me, it won't be boring. So if we look at James, James chapter one, um, the Bible says that blessed is the one who endures trials because when he has stood the test, he received the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. No one undergoing trial should say I am being tempted by God since God is not tempted by evil. He himself doesn't tempt anyone, but each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own evil desire. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. So ultimately sin produces death. Sometimes that's the death of our circumstance, maybe our actual relationship, the death of our marriage, maybe even our physical body. And again, those things aren't always a result of sin, but our sin when fully grown will always give birth to death. The Bible says. But I think most of the time, it's simply the death of our spirit. And maybe that's the worst. 
to be breathing yet feeling like there's no life in you because your body is literally withering your body and your spirit is craving to be connected to the vine that is Jesus Christ. And that is what God wants to free us from, to give us life and hope and joy that is rooted in things that remain. That's why Jesus matters. And it says in Hebrews 10, that the Lord no longer remembers your sin, our sin, that Christ has came not to condemn us, but to save us. And that when we repent and turn our hearts to him, the Lord Jesus frees frees us from the burdens of those sins. There is a heaviness that comes from remaining without the care of the father to remove the burden of sin from our life. And I like to think about this, um, like a sheep that I found a picture of this little sheep that was found in the wilderness. He was out. I can't even remember how long now, but, um, a good number of years, the sheep was alone and without a shepherd. And they, they show this picture of the sheep and he's got like, I think it was 60 or 70 pounds of wool that was just sitting on him. And you could barely see his little eyes because he was so dirty and so under the weight of what he could not remove himself because he stepped outside of the care of a shepherd. And it's the same for us. You guys, there's a heaviness of conviction. There's a weight that is produced by our sin. There is a grief that is, um, overflows in us when we don't go to the father. That's why the Bible says that he is the good shepherd. Remember we talked about that in the first episode of this series, that God is good. He's the good shepherd who shears that wool. He removes that weight. Every time we go to him, every time we repent, every time we lay our burdens down at his feet, he's removing that weight. And I think there is a little, a literal depression, a literal grief, a literal sadness that overcomes us when we disconnect ourselves from the vine, which the Bible says is Jesus. And Paul refers to this in second Corinthians seven, chapter seven, as a godly grief. He says to the Corinthians who write in first Corinthians, they are asking Paul questions about how to live a godly life. That is the letter of first Corinthians. Paul is answering those questions from the church, the early church that he was part of planting. And so second Corinthians is the second letter that Paul writes because the response to his first letter, people are upset. They don't like what he has to say. They don't want to submit to the hard truths. They don't want to acknowledge um, what it actually means to walk in Christ. And I think sometimes we separate ourselves from this early church to now, but the reality is Paul is writing these letters after Jesus has ascended into heaven and is literally the equivalent of biblical times that we are living in right now, waiting on the second return of Christ. We are the same circumstance as the early church. There is no disconnect there. So Paul says in second Corinthians, um, and I believe in modern day terms, this is what he would have said. Sorry, not sorry. (laughs) Okay. He says, for even if I grieved you with my letter, I don't regret it. And even if I regretted it, since I saw that the letter grieved you yet only for a little while, I now rejoice, not because you were grieved, but because your grief led to your repentance. 
for you were grieved as God willed so that you didn't experience any loss from us for godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, but worldly grief produces death. That is love in action. That's the hard truth of God's word that Christ came to give us the fullness of because he loves us. And sometimes loving like Jesus means bringing forward hard truths, acknowledging that what God says is sin is sin. And we are going to say that God is a yes, God, which is so true. You guys, he's a good father. He wants to give good gifts to his children. The Bible says that in him, all his promises are yes and amen. God is a yes, God, but it's the fullness of him that grows deep roots of our faith. Like we talked about in our last episode, if we want to believe all the good things that God says about us, that he says we are chosen, set apart, redeemed, valued, highly favored, anointed, overcomers, conquerors, all the good things that God says we are, that is true. And we should take him at his word. But if we are going to take God at his word, we need to take him at the fullness of what he says about us and acknowledge that he also says that without him, our hearts lead us to what is rotten, that without him, our sin produces in us death of our life circumstances, death of our spirit, and that we must be acknowledging that what he says is sin and putting those things at his feet. And he doesn't hang that over our head, but delivers us because he is good. And he is the good shepherd. So he leads us to good things, to still waters, to green pastures, and removes the burdens of not only our life circumstances, but frees us from the sin that so easily entangles us. Go to him today, military wife, with all your burdens, with all your sin, and take him at the fullness of his word because he loves you. And that is your hope on the home front. Thanks for tuning in. From our heart to yours, we hope that this podcast is your go-to place for encouragement on the home front. We would love to hear what your favorite takeaway was from this episode by having you take a screenshot and share it on your social media. Tag us at HFH underscore ministries or on Facebook at Homefront Heroes Ministries so we can get connected with you, get to know you more, and hear from you firsthand what specific encouragement you're looking for. This is home. This is the place to have the hard conversations. And until we chat next, get out there and find the joy.